Hello, it's your good friend Adam Kelly here to introduce this week's episode, episode 20 to be specific, a minor numerical benchmark, yet an end of a chapter for Southern tomfoolery. We finished our first Starfinder book, Reach of the Empire, with episode 19, Weldy's Party. We hope you enjoyed that half as much as we enjoyed recording that session. We actually celebrated it in true Weldy style this weekend in honor of its release. We also debuted our first Tom Talks last week, a show discussing our thoughts and some of our favorite memories and moments from book one. Give it a listen and let us know what you thought of the show and of the book, and you can start submitting questions now for our second Tom Talks. Before I get into this week's intro topic, though, I am going to give you a moment to pause so you can go ahead and leave that rate and review I know you've been meaning to do. Don't worry. I'll be here when you get back. Okay, back? Thanks for that. Let's continue. This episode is a transitional one, and it deals with some housekeeping and stage setting that all tabletop role-playing games will need to deal with multiple times throughout their adventures. I want to talk a little bit about how you can take some of these mechanical processes and turn them into inspiration for your character development and narrative momentum. In this episode, we will deal with some leveling up and all the fun goodies that come with that, but I challenged my players to convey these new features to me in roleplay, rather than just list off a bunch of text to me. Using some of the choices you make as you build your character sheet can be such a good way to also develop your actual character's growth. When you take a feature... You certainly must consider the mechanical advantages. This is a game after all. However, when you take your feat or your new ability or gain a class feature, find a way to connect that to your personal character. Why did this mystic choose this spell? Why is armor so important to this soldier? What does taking the Gidim Envoy improvisation look like for your character? These little level ups can be such great nuggets of inspiration for you to develop your own personality within your character. This can also be a great way to perhaps inspire whole conversations with other PCs. Maybe you level up together. Maybe one PC teaches another PC a skill, or or maybe there's some backstory that comes out between the PCs with these exposure to new and wondrous powers. There may not always be a practical amount of time in game to do these kind of things, but I encourage you all to try and think beyond the numbers when it is time to level up or shop or even when you're in combat. Another transitional aspect of this episode is that, well, we are floating between two books of an adventure path. Sometimes there is information there to connect you to the next book. Sometimes there isn't. Either way, it is important to give the PCs a chance to reset or take stock before jumping into the next big mission, if you can. This next book has a lot of strange and harrowing situations coming up and will challenge the players in very new and creative ways. I'm very much looking forward to this one as our little space western crosses into a new frontier, the edges of the Islanti Star Empire. This is a fairly long episode, our longest yet in fact, and we explore that transition to book two all the way. But I think you'll find that this kind of time taken for character growth pays dividends later. I mean, how else am I going to make you sad when I kill one of the crew if I don't let you love them first? And with that, here is episode 20, 
Parting Drift. We are officially in book two territory. I think we're also officially on episode 20. Episode 20. Wait, this is 20? This, this is, is 20. episode 20. I'm almost positive this is 20, yeah. Yeah, get high. All right. Yep. This is I'm 20. High. We made it there. Woo! Woo! Woo. Woo. Pickles! <laughs> pickles! <laughs> pickles! <laughs> You know, we've got a we've got a bit of a special thing going on for episode twenty. Um, as you guys may or may not know, I feel like you should know at this point. We generally play strictly on roll twenty apart from each other. But for this episode, for episode twenty, we have Heath and John here in my house playing with me here in New Orleans. In, hey, in the great, hey from the kitchen. In the great state of New Orleans. In the great, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't care about anything else in Louisiana. <laughs> well, 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 we I might do. have listeners in Louisiana. That's that fine. That's just I my absolutely. opinion. <laughs> uh, let it be known that Heath's opinions do not reflect the opinions of Tom or Southern Tom, <laughs> Southern Tom Ford. Tom Ford. They absolutely, this is very absolutely true. don't. I'm a brash guy. <laughs> um. Yeah, so it's twenty episodes in, y'all, uh, and we're starting book two. How are you? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm kind of over it. We should stop. <laughs> just quit. Huh? Just yeah, quit. Let's just, we all quit. Let's just go back and like stop doing this and just just let's pivot to playing Munchkin instead. Yeah, let's do that. I do actually want to try Munchkin. I've never played. I what is Munchkin? Mansions of Madness. That's a great one. Mm. I would rather do Mansions of Madness. Yeah. You know what I think is a, is a podcast area that's really missing out. That that I don't understand why more people aren't doing Munchkin real plays. No, Magic the Gathering. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, wouldn't that be great? Wait, oh, no, boy. no, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, no, wait. Counterspell. Counterspell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucking blue players. Right, before you do that, um, I flip the pin. Counterspell. I mean, why exactly. do you think I exactly. came to New Orleans, you know? I'm going to give you a moment here to tell me, Make we, are you up to making your best case on why blue is terrible in magic? Can uh, you do it in like two sentences? No, no. I I'll need, give you I three. Need, I need a dissertation level presentation. <laughs> I, need, I need time. I have to make charts. I have to, I have to like really get into it because I, I, I'm passionate about it. There's no way that I could sum it up in two minutes but suffice it to say blue is the worst color of magic and it should be banned and not just tournament play but kitchen table as well <laughs> oh hey 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 the epitome of blue is you can sum it up to a couple of things are going to happen oh, so a couple yeah. of things are going to happen yeah okay, so i'm going to play sure. this card all right a couple of things are going to happen mm-hmm. when you do that or before you do that yeah okay, i'm going to tap that. this this that I'm going to tap all your creatures. I'm going to draw three cards, 
and I'm going to discard a card from your hand. So does it surprise you that as the GM of your Starfinder game that I love blue? Of course it doesn't. Not of at course all. it doesn't. <laughs> oh my god! Expected Even nothing else. A little. That is, that is the the least shocking thing I've ever heard. Yeah, in my yeah. There life. is no option B to that. I would just immediately yeah. say blue. Yeah. Yeah. I feel well, like red because boom. I feel like like I'm the least like blue personality. Like you wouldn't think I like blue, but I'm gonna defend it. I, I think blue has its place. You're just biased. And hate losing. Well, you guys are all entitled to your very wrong opinions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cool because I'm just going to bounce your opinion right back at you. <laughs> and draw two cards yeah. while I'm at it. I'm going I'm to you negate go. your opinion and gain three more uh, right now. I'm going to gain three opinions from other players. Right, right. I'm going to tap two of those opinions. No. So, they don't untap. This is a very blue book that we're about to do is going to require a lot of espionage a lot of information gathering let's do a little quick recap of where you're at now you know not nothing too crazy but book one you know what what did we figure out in book one so by the conclusion of the reach of the empire you guys have liberated the colony um, you have learned of the capture of Sedona and the mysterious technological relic that she discovered, which you then found out was the rune drive. Um, you defeated the Aslanti vessel, the Barazad, in an amazing combat at the end of book one. Um, you also know that you, that this confiscated Relic, the rune drive is something that you do not want in the Aslanti hands because to be able to do interstellar travel without the use of the drift with a empire whose entire goal is to take over all of the galaxies, this is bad news. You also know that this drive comes from pre-gap Aslanti technology. You are likely hoping to rescue your friend. No, you have absolutely decided that you were going to rescue your friend Sedona. Uh, you've hacked into Lieutenant Sharu's data pad and recovered a flight, pan, a flight plan of the Aslanti carrier ship that was carrying Sedona and the rune drive. Um, and you know that the person behind this entire occupation in Nakondas is a man named Zolan Ulavestra, a Sardot in the Aslanti Empire. How are you guys um, feeling about all that? <clears throat> well, I think that clearly the best course of action going forward is to rest on our laurels and head back to the Pools of Paradise to celebrate. That sounds like a plan. You know, that's, that's a- another thing is that we also discovered the real meaning of friendship, too. Maybe defeating the Aslanti Empire was just the friends who made along the way, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe the works. real catalyst. Yeah. The, yeah. God. I okay. mean, so so the question started with what did what did we learn along the way? Is that how we well, started this thing? No, it's like how are you feeling about all this information and your next steps? Ziva's feeling determined. At, you know, kind of throughout book one. In particular, she was trying to figure out what, 
how to be a captain versus how to be like a manager. And um, she's kind of feeling a little bit more captain savvy. And she's ready to do this. She's ready to get Sedona back and get back home and do business. Because Mm -hmm. fuck all these guys. Not y'all. The Nazi guys. The space Nazis. Obviously. Obviously. Right. Obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the we. I think we understood that the that general consensus. I imagine, yeah. 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 Well, there'll be plenty of time to think about it because. But before we do that, we have to deal with this message that Madeline has brought to you. If you remember at the end, kind of this intrusion into Weldy's party, Madeline showed up with a message from the stewards, delivered directly to you. And I think Ziva scooped everybody up from the party. And I don't know, what did you guys do from there? You go to a quiet space or? No, we're going to shout at the party. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, like everybody stop. <laughs> Turn the music down. Um, no, yeah, I think no, we go yeah, outside. No, yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. Let's go, let's go yeah. aside. All right, so you go outside and you start downloading this message into your data pad. Uh, Fell, I assume you're doing this. And you notice that there's another file attached to the message that's a very large file that's downloading in the process while this other message kind of pops up. And if you'll refer to roll 20... I will show you a picture of this person that pops up in your message. So you see this woman pop up with brown skin and short black hair. Uh, she's got like a little blue streak in her bangs and she's wearing a kind of official uniform of you recognize being that of the stewards. Which are, which are essentially the, the police. Yeah, uh, kind of like the, the UN. Setting. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, world. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, For so the this, listeners, of course. Obviously, I knew that. Right, right. Because you're the one who knows how to play this game. Exactly. I, I'm the most polished on the lore of anyone in the party. So, mm-hmm. got you. So, anyways, this message pops up. And you see her speaking to you. It's this recorded message. It says... My name is Major Dipadra Evasco of the Stewards. I don't know for certain whether you will have a chance to receive this message, or if the Aslanti invaders we believe to be in Nakandas' orbit intercepted you. If you are listening, then you truly are as resourceful as we have been told that you are. And I have no qualms about relaying the following information. We recently received a troubling transmission from the Pact World's colony Nicandus. It was sent from an android named Sedona, with whom I believe you are acquainted. She informed us she had salvaged what she believed to be an experimental starship drive from an ancient wreck she discovered on the colony world, and that a ship from the Aslanti Star Empire had suddenly appeared in the colony's atmosphere. We have received no further transmission from the colony, leading us to assume her worst fears, worst fears were true. That the Aslanti ship intended to attack the colony in order to lay claim to the device. 
Our records show you were contracted by Abadar Corp to carry the supplies to Nakondas, which leaves you as the only packed world ship with a chance of knowing the exact situation on Nakondas. We are requesting your aid in a matter regarding the system-wide security of the packed worlds. If the Aslanti have indeed retrieved this experimental drive, we want you to enter the Aslanti Star Empire in attempt to either recover or destroy that drive. None of our ships are close enough to intervene in this situation in a timely fashion. We are willing to deputize you to operate in the Star Empire on our behalf for this mission. You come recommended by someone that we hold in very high esteem. We know that we are asking a lot from you with this request. And rest assured, you will be very well rewarded for your efforts when you return. If Sidona is still alive, I recommend you rendezvous with her as soon as possible. She will no doubt have far more information on the current situation than we can provide you. Beyond that, I can only hope you accept our offer and wish you good luck if you do. Avasco, out. As that played through, Fel, you see that the entire data file that the stewards have on the Aslanti Star Empire was downloaded to your data pad. Oh, nice. So, is that like a document or something you can actually share with me? Mm. Yes. Um, basically, it's, and I will share you the full details um, you know, shortly, but the main thing is, is a lot of stuff that you guys already know as players. Okay. Um, that they are a tyrannical civilization that hopes to achieve dominance over the entire galaxy. Um, they continually annex colonies and planets and civilizations into their empire. In fact, something that your characters didn't know and fell as you're reading this, you see a couple important incidents are listed in their report. First, it talks about the first encounter with the Aslanti, and it recounts the story of Hank and his attempt to hail them for the first time. That a Starfinder Society ship was destroyed 50 years ago after stumbling upon the Empire. There's a second event there that talks about the Aslanti attacking a Vescarium colony named Najin Korozayas. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so after you know this is all relayed, or well, is, is going to kind of pipe up? I mean, is have you? Are you telling us this, or did you keep it to yourself? I mean, that's your. No, Fell's absolutely going to share that. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, Najin K is like where I grew up. That's that's the planet they took over. Hmm. Uh, so you, if I'm correct, Heath, Mike hasn't really shared the story of that with the with the, the party, right? Oh. Yeah, you had your flashback, but I don't know that you shared that not, with us. Not the no. proper story. You no. you kind of mentioned in a 
I have a rough Yale. Yeah. Like, but not in detail. I think that Fell would probably put together that this is the colony that Mike has kind of talked about, you know, Um, just with a little intuition and kind of some realization or whatever. And you're reading the full details of this hostile takeover, you know, the death count and everything. You're getting a full, like, statistical analysis of the shit show that that was. So how do you feel about that, Fel, in regard, you know, this kind of information coming to you about Mike and making that connection? It's, uh, it's heavy. Like, I'm not sure how else Fel would feel about it, you know? It's it's definitely a lot to try and take in, especially with somebody, somebody that he's, you know, traveled with for a minute now. Well, yeah, so how do you share this with the group, you know? So, uh, guys, there's there's something else here. It's, it's not just the message from her. There's there's all this information they had about, or that the stewards had about the Aslanti Empire. Uh, you know, first the, the story of a starship having found them just, just about 50 years ago or so, and they just got decimated by them. Second was uh, a colony that was attacked. Uh, Najim K. What was the second name? The and, and like as you as you start to say it, Mike. Yeah, it's like, like Najim Na- K. And he, Na- he starts getting the second word out. Najim Korizayas. Yeah. How, how did you? How did you know? Well, if you notice, I assume in your dossier there it mentions that's a Vesk planet. Yeah, that's where oh. that's where oh. I grew up. Oh no, shit. That's my home. Oh my god. Well, I mean, if <laughs> if you ever wanted any more reason to hate the Atlanti, you got plenty of data here to, to back that up. I think uh, my ammunition against the Atlanti is pretty fully loaded, as I'd say. Yeah, well. So, uh,. Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. That's so Orin pipes up and says, "All right, we have plenty of time to reminisce about old times on the way. Tracers leaving tonight. Pack your shit." And Orin just like starts to march off to <laughs> go get the ship ready. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Definitely. Sarcastically, Fell says, "Aye, aye, Captain." <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ziva cuts you shit. a hard side eye. Um, and at that side eye, she's gonna say, "Once we've all packed up." Um, Maybe you can uh, assemble the data that we took from the garrison, as well as the data that the stewards provide us, and we can have a fuller picture of the Aslanti's presence. Yes? Yeah, absolutely. I'll uh, I'll do what I can to put it together. I'll sit down with Zena. We'll go over it and uh, see what we can come up for you. Very good. She just kind of like stands up a little straighter, like expecting a an <laughs> aye aye captain. Aye aye, but yeah. doesn't get one. She does not get one. She's a little no. miffed. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, the the thing to uh, to Oren was very much sarcastic. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's a good jab. Completely escapes <laughs> Zeno. Uh, <laughs> for sure, uh, my- Zeno's like Oren's the captain now. <laughs> Uh, Mike, like, silently, like, without a word, just walks off and goes to get his shit ready. 
like his yeah he's just ready he's ready well to and he, well and he's also like had some heavy shit brought up he's not yeah. trying to have any further conversation about yeah like your but your your entire party buzz was just killed like yeah 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 it's yeah. it's over the party is over for mike right yeah as you guys are kind of like leaving you see some folks kind of standing at the at the entrance to the stables just kind of, uh, oh i mean you're all leaving i mean I, I get it though it's been like it's been hard and y'all have done a lot like I get it. Go get your rest. And like, you see Weldy kind of like corralling the rest of the guests, like who were trying to come after you. They wanted to talk more to you. You guys are the stars of the show. And you see Weldy kind of like intuitively just scooping people up and pulling them back into the party. And be like, no, no, it's cool. Like, let's, yeah, y'all come back in here, man. We got some really good food and snacks that's not eggs or pickles. And like, it's well, then bugles. what's the point? <laughs> Trevor must have already dipped. <laughs> now, Trevor's still playing music, right? Yeah, Trevor's going to be the last one standing. You know mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, on the way out, um, just before he notices this, uh, Weldy do that kind of for us, you know? Uh, Mike, like, lights a cigar, like, locks eyes with Weldy and, like, understands that he's trying to be cool and, like, keep keep people off of us. And he gives him a nod and then just walks away. Alone, smoking a cigar. Yeah, Weldy just kind of gives you a little chin lift, you know, like yeah, I got, I got you, man. Thanks for coming. He kind of like mouths you. Thanks for coming, man. Out of character. <laughs> How old is and Weldy? It, and uh, and he also thinks uh, mid twenties, right? Fell. I'm thinking like he's 19. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he thanks Fell for like being a part of the show. He's like, man, that shit was so sick. Bro, like, right, right, yeah, wasn't that fucking awesome. Yeah, that was dope. That was dope. Like, well, he's a little buzzed at this point in the evening. Yeah, well, I'm definitely <laughs> like real buzzed. You know? <laughs> I tell you what, Weldy, uh, Adam any- is drinking Allegiant like- Space Dust IPA. My boy, to fully channel yes. Weldy. Oh wow, evening. okay. So I was drinking that shit probably eight episodes ago, and it never came up. But it's it's been that's been a staple for me. Yeah, with, it's, with this, I think it's a it's, it's a, a good really good of, IPA too. Well, yeah. I think it's like a good like beer of choice for our podcast yeah. thematically. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyways, off in the distance, you guys hear the tracer's engine start to like <laughs> idle up. <laughs> Orin's just hanging out the side. Let's go. He's like talking <laughs> on the horn. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Space yeah. Oh well, Ziva's gonna go to kind of turn away and go towards the ship, uh, but first she's gonna like uh, kind of walk a little bit closer to Weldy and be like, "Weldy, you put on a um, fabulous party. Um, you're um, you're not cooler than I thought you were. If you ever make your way back over to um, Absalom Station, stop into the pools." We'll take good care of you. And she kind of nods and she walks off. What? Dude, Sickle, did you hear that? We got like free. Still like the pools of paradise, man. Sickle like freaks out. Like he freaks out. Like They already came. Like he. 
I just hear Zickle's <laughs> wings like flutter like. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much worse. Oh, uh, what about Trevor? What's Trevor do? Trevor's He's DJ. Laying down still. tasty jams. Don't even still, know. Like, not even phased by <laughs> any of it. Just ham, like, don't give a Trevor's fuck. Like, yeah. Trevor's like 18 and a half, already been laid like 10 times. Yeah, yeah. he's the only he's the only non-virgin in the group. Like, right, they, right, all, right. they all worship Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trevor and Sedona had a moment. Like, oh, that's no. how Bellow Trevor is. <laughs> Damn, Sedona! <laughs> <laughs> Cradle robber. That's not canon. That's not canon. That's not canon. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we gotta leave that shit out, okay? I mean, maybe right. it is. So, well, you'll have to ask her, I guess. Um, so, <laughs> did you fuck Trevor? <laughs> <laughs> we met this Listen, dude. We here. heard you fuck Trevor, Sedona. <laughs> not cool. Not cool. I think okay. it's pretty cool. <laughs> so, Ziva, as you walk into the ship, you're thinking about this message that the stewards sent you and i need you to roll a culture or a sense motive whichever's higher for you okay let's uh let's take a I think look one see. of them i think your culture you get like an extra d6 on top of it right yes that's yes. that envoy shit y'all yeah it's actually sense motive or uh culture but i have higher culture so we're gonna cool it's yeah it's built into the roll too What'd you get? 23 on 20. the, uh, without adding my extra D6. Hold on. Are you oh, wait, sure? Did you say it's built in? Oh, yeah, it's built in. However, 23 is enough either way. You realize that this message, it's, it's true, but they're asking you guys specifically to do this because you are not anybody. Like, the reason the stewards aren't doing this is because if they make a move, that's sparking like an interstellar war. Yeah. Yeah. Plausible and deniability. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. you sense that this mission is kind of like laden with some plausible deniability from the stewards. Like yeah. they we want that black ops shit. I was going to say, yeah. this is some offhand black ops. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Strictly under the table. Rolling mm -hmm. that... Rolling that check over, you also are thinking about it and realize that the Aslanti, you know, Sedona being a captive of the Star Empire is particularly dangerous because the Aslanti, you know, consider androids to be no more than slaves and they don't even acknowledge androids as being sentient. They like treat them literally like machines. Yeah. It's cold blooded. That is now, cold blooded. Zeno probably has some feelings about that, but maybe we'll get to that once we get on the ship because we've got a launch to do. As you guys are loading up your ship, Madeline comes up to you guys as a group. Says, Well, you have been most helpful here. Thank you so much for everything that you have done. As a gift, I want you to have this. And he presents you a tactical railgun. Oh, that sounds nasty. Is that, Who's that like for? a ship part? Tasty. No, so this is a heavy weapon that can be found in the Starfinder Armory on page 20. 
Doesn't matter right now. I'll give you the stats later. But you now are an owner of a pretty serious weapon. Dude, it's a freaking rail gun. Like, say, yeah. Ever played, uh, yeah, even the smallest rail gun is a pretty serious it's weapon. It's still a rail gun. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm thinking Quake, like one shot gives Yeah, and so as he gives it to you, Madeline says, I want you to take this. And I want you to give the Eslantes the colonist regards. Preferably at high velocities. <laughs> and, he, and he like clasped your shoulder. I, I feel like he's handing this to Mike just because Mike seems the most obvious person yeah. that's capable of wielding this thing. Big it's old like, lizard. Yeah. Well, he's a big old lizard. Yeah. Um, but he, he's clasping you on the shoulder as he as he says this, you know. Like, yeah, and and Mike like accepts it or whatever. But he's still like all up in his his brain and his feels, and he's like, yeah, yeah, thanks, we we appreciate it, without any real like gusto, you know. Like he's just so, he's ready to get on the fucking ship. So all the colonists that you guys have interacted with are kind of there at the ramp to say goodbye to you as you loading the ship do any of you have anything you want to say to any any of the npcs that you've interacted with they're all there weldy corsica abreta jellic madeline ludvar they're all there ziva definitely wants to talk to corsica okay go ahead Um, uh, so she's gonna kind of go over and um just put out her hand like to shake her hand and uh, when she does, she's going to use limited telepathy and um, just kind of go into not even so much like words into her head, um, but just feelings of like kinship and friendship and um, just, I don't know, peace. So Corsica looks at you. Dead eye, right? Just like you guys lock eyes as you're kind of having this moment in the mental space. She doesn't say anything. She just nods as you're kind of communicating these feelings to her. And then like kind of towards the end of this transmission, she just heaves heavily. She doesn't cry. She doesn't break down. You just see kind of one of those initial... (sighs) And then she just wraps her arms around you and pulls you close and says, Ziva, thank you. And know that I will protect this colony from any further engagement. And, well, just thank you. Thank you for standing up. I assure you it was my my pleasure to do so. And she just kind of like gives her a kiss on the cheek and smiles and just kind of walks away. Um, as, as you do, you see Corsica kind of step back and you notice that she kind of puts her arm around Lidvar's waist. Oh, indubitably. And they kind of, they kind of like sidle up to each other. And she's going to kind of give him up down and go wink. Okay, like I approve. Good job. <laughs> like a you telepathic go, thumbs up, you know? Yes, a telepathic thumbs up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, anybody else? 
Orin honks the horn. Mike has to like immediately go in and fucking put down this giant gun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. On the way, he like look. He like looks over. He's still like you know. He's like the slump shouldered guy. You know, like all the wind got taken out of him with the Najin K thing mm-hmm. memory. But he still like looks over and, and sees Weldy and like you know just gives him a nod. Good. Weldy steps up to you and he says, uh, uh, "Mr. Mike, um, listen, I just." Thank you for like giving me a chance, you know, like I'm, and I'm not going to squander it. I'm going to take the sword that you gave me and I'm going to learn how to use it, but I'm going to like learn how to use it for good. You know, like I'm not going to be like them. I'm going to be like you, Mr. Mike. I'm going to be like you. I want to be like. Mike. <laughs> uh, I lo- oh, oh my god. god. I love that movie, right? I know. Oh my god. For a good two weeks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Waiting for a chance yeah. to use Since that he one. found out about welding, it's like somehow, <laughs> somehow I'm going to do it. We're going to make it work. Yeah, so I mean, uh, it, Mike turns towards Weldy. He's got this giant rail gun like over his shoulder, <laughs> you know, just holding it. And he puts a hand on Weldy's shoulder and he says, That's good to hear, son. Uh, that's all you can do. And that would make me very proud if I ever see you again. <laughs> and just like walks away. I feel like our fates are intertwined, man. <laughs> are you trying like, to get like an invitation onto the ship? Because that ain't happening, mate. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going to like the Atlantean Empire. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> all right look have, and he like have he was like already up the ramp halfway and he turns around and he's like all right i'm sorry and he fucking just gives him a high five like like all right let's fucking get this over with <laughs> you know yeah uh, Zeno approaches a bretta and uh actually wants to uh uh say uh, modification to my eye has been very satisfactory i, I much appreciate your service and everything that you have done for us. Uh, without your uh, assistance, I don't believe this mission would have been possible. Thank you. So, well, I mean, it's my pleasure, but listen, listen there, Zeno. You really mean to go out there into the Aslanti Empire? Like, that's what your plan is. That's what y'all are wanting to do, is you're going to go out there in the Aslanti Empire just after you finish getting rid of them out here. You're playing. You, I mean, you saw what happened to Jellic. I did sh- see what happened to Jellic, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Don't I, you think our crew needs to go and rescue Sedona? Without Sedona, I would not be here. I would not. I mean, I think that we could all say that to to some degree. And when you put it that way, it makes me feel kind of bad that I'm not going with you. But it just seems so insurmountable you know you're like still you're fighting go- the good fight here <sighs> y'all all have to come back Zeno I'm looking at you you're the one that has the most reason right that's you you're the reasonable one that's all you are and I don't mean that mean but that's what that's you right and he understands and it's just kind of like the smallest smallest smirk a little bit you know and he just he winks his uh, his new computer eye. 
She says, I need you to make sure that all of these people are safe. Will you do that, please? Yes, absolutely. I will make sure that they all are in good hands. She says, I put a, a little surprise in there in your eye for you while I was putting it in. I'll search the files. Thank you. No, 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 no. When you go to sleep, you're going to have the best dreams ever. And he doesn't quite know how to take it. That's very mysterious, you know, but he's pondering on it. He's just, hmm, you know. They'll get better as time goes on, too, as the program learns you. Another honk. And he's about to ask why. He's about to ask why, and then he's just like, well... God speak uh -oh. to you and your queen. Yeah, she says, yes, yes. Uh, is, is, I guess that there's no time like the present. Please get Sedona and all of you come back safe. And thank you for everything that y'all did here. My lawn is safe. My water is safe. <laughs> my jellic is safe. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So as Zeno is talking to her, uh, Fell beckoned towards uh, Zickle. <laughs> and wanted him to, like wanted to have a couple words with him so uh i'm assume zickle like he he approaches zickle and uh it's like hey uh look i know we didn't get to talk too much but you seem like a smart kid so tell you what you can have this let me see let me you, you gotta you got your data pad on you I, I, I mean, no, 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 no self-respecting uh, 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 te te technological person goes anywhere without a data pad. My man. All right, let me see it real quick. And he takes it from him and transfers the schematics, the plans for his exocortex, like the base, the base plans for it to Zickle's data pad and says, all right, so look, I want you to have this. I want you to maybe someday use it, but if anything, it'd be something fun to tinker around with. Uh, uh, the uh, only, uh, the only thing is you have to make changes, make it your own. Don't just, don't just use what I did. Oh, oh, jeez, oh, 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 jeez, oh, jeez, Phil. I, I, no, no, oh, oh, God, uh, this is too much. Uh, no, but he's he, he, in all seriousness. He's like, yes, uh, Mister Phil. I, f I feel like you're the only one who's ever understood me. I mean, my friends, like they're my friends, but. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Fell. And Fell gives him, like, kind of squats down because he's so tall and gives him a hug and is just like, look, us techies got to stay together, right? <laughs> he purrs in my ear. <laughs> That's his wings. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he just came. <laughs> 
that's the same horn. At this point, the tracer is certainly starting to hover an inch or two off the ground. Well, and like like Mike's already been on there for a minute too, so like he's already put the gun down. He's just like sitting there next to Aaron's chair, like. Yeah, like hurry these motherfuckers up! Like we're united <laughs> yeah, in our purpose at, for once, you know. To be fair, though, Zach, that that conversation was happening at the same time that Zeno's was. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so that was the same horn at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. It's all, yeah. it's all, it's all the same gag. Uh, nice. so, but you guys get on the ship, and what you gained from your information from Shari's tablet is that you realize that there's this route that you know you can take. It's a cur- uh, courier's route that will take you into the Islanti Star Empire and specifically into the NIS system. Uh, the travel chart ends at a moon in the NIS system called Gulta. So that's where you're going to set your course. Everybody waves goodbye to you. Everybody cheers you guys as you lift off the ground and leave Nakondas. You guys are leaving Nakondas. I want you guys to walk me through this lift off and blast off into the drift as a crew. Because I feel like at the end of book one, you guys came together as a crew. So I really want to hear how does the epic tracer take off into the unknown? Captain, let's start with you. Okay, so everybody gets on board and kind of takes up their positions. And um, Ziva kind of goes to the, um, the captain's area and she says, All right. And I'm sorry, out of character, would this be Fel or uh, Zeno that would like lay in courses? I think that would be, be Zeno. Zeno. That would be Zeno. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Fell's like the mechanical guy doing physical stuff on the ship. Her. Yeah. Zeno Her. science officer. Mm-hmm. Cool beans. So then, yeah, definitely. She says, all right, everyone ready? Zeno, lay in the course. Let's steal ourselves and um, go get our girl. Course being uploaded. Now pulling over to the navigation panel. I sweep it over to uh, Oren's. Yeah, I mean, I take it, Orin is, is flipping uh, switches and, like, turning knobs, and, like, you hear the engines, and he grabs the, the controls and just starts lifting off, you know, hovering higher and higher. So the Epic Tracer kind of... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, as as he's doing that, like, after Zeno uh, said that, uh, you know, patched him, or sent the uh, navigation info over to him, Fell rattles off that uh, weapon system's good. Uh, shields are good. Sense is good. I mean, we're we're all green. We're good to go. It appears that the coordinates will take us through the Nista system and into the the, the moon Golta. This will take approximately twenty three days. Ah, fuck! Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was that far away. All right. Well, hike up your panties, folks. We're fixing to jump. <laughs> and Oren throws the thruster into the drift engages the drift engine mm-hmm. and again that milky white like kind of like separation between the fabric of normal space and drift space appears and you shift into the drift and you guys find yourself on a travel into the drift for nearly a month mm-hmm. 
So there's some things here. You guys leveled up. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you remember, a couple episodes, mm -hmm, you, mm -hmm. you leveled up. Right. And with that, I want you guys to talk to me about your level up in the scope of this journey. I feel like a lot of the things that you guys are learning with this level up are things that you would be spending this time developing. On top of that, there's probably some things you want to say to each other. So what I want you guys to do is take these 23 days and talk to me about your level up and talk to me about the things that you want to share with each other. So As you head into Aslanti fucking star space. First and foremost, Fel, after we're, like, after we're in the drift and we've settled in, Fel wants to brief everybody on what, what modifications he directed them to, to do to the ship. Very good. So, all right, guys, uh, just figured out all that you ought to let you know, give you a little brief. Uh, we got some new countermeasures on here. We uh, changed out from Mark 1 to Mark 4, and... Mechanically, that changes uh, changes a target lock or TL used to be plus one. Now it's plus four. Wow. So tracking Legit. weapons will be a lot That's harder. To hit yeah. That's good. That's big. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Uh, you guys know about that uh, torpedo launcher we grabbed from the uh, the was it the the Berzod? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you also uh, have the transponder from Berzod, so you're reading as the Berzod right now. All right. Oh, so very so nice. Mike Man. Mike as. As, as as you can see on your on uh, on that weapons panel over there, out on our port side, that uh, torpedo launcher is set over there. I mean, I I didn't really know where to put it. Couldn't really put it on the front because that was already taken by the uh, by the the missile launcher we already had. But it's it's hanging out on the port side. So anything uh, comes over on that arc, just go ahead and blast them with it. Oh, perfect. I'll, look, it's fine. I'll make do, right? <laughs> and that specifically mechanically. Uh, it's a little bit weaker damage-wise than the high-explosive missile launcher we have on the forward arc, but it has the quantum property, which uh, makes it to where you can re-roll missed attacks, which is huge. What? Yeah, like you get wow. once per combat, you can re-roll a missed attack to make it hit. Hell That's yeah. Or, or not to, yeah. I mean, just re-roll to see if, you know, get another see chance. If you can hit. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's basically like if you roll, you miss, you can roll again if you want yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, Mike, Ziva, I, I know you guys are talking about, like, Ziva trying to get some training in. So uh, I had them install a recreation suite, set up kind of like a, a gym, a training area, something like that for you guys. So, you know, hope, hope that uh, you can make some good use of that. Fair, that is very thoughtful. Thank you. Uh, fucking Mike, like, look, locks eyes with Ziva and it's like, huh, 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 huh. All right. Mike throws a rock at Ziva. <laughs> yeah, throw, throw a rock at her immediately. Like, <laughs> Why do you bring rocks on a spaceship? Because tra tra training began two days ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> what uh, else? I think you also converted a couple other of your cargo holds, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, I've got a couple more things. Uh, yeah. So uh, I figured it'd be a good thing for us to have a medical bay. Uh, <laughs> you know. Just in case somebody comes up with a disease or or something, uh, you know, not like this curse I'm dealing with, but you know, to to kind of I'm so hungry. I, I really am. <laughs> yeah, this 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 fucking gruel, guys. Like you don't even know. You don't like gruel. <laughs> um, and then and then uh, I also put in a, an arcane laboratory. I, I initially thought you know maybe a science lab for Zeno, but. 
talked to some of the guys and uh they they were like no no let's go arcane with it so uh so yeah we 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 got that too oh yeah like at that room now no we're we're still sitting hanging out on the bridge like i'm just i'm just talking to you guys through the pa gotcha okay so uh so yeah that's i mean (laughs) i'm honestly i'm i'm really pleased with with how the the trace is coming along like this this thing's this thing's fucking sweet now very much so i mean and like i just have to interject here like you know i've been watching a lot of the expanse and just like y'all got a fucking cool ass ship now you know like the epic <laughs> tracer the epic tracer is becoming iconic for this you know what i mean and i feel like i'm using that word correctly um like that it's like it's it's such a such a cool ship for y'all you know and you're personalizing it and making it your own it's pretty dope pretty dope oh, i'm i'm beyond happy with this like i honestly this this starship is one of my favorite parts of this like this entire game nice like it's it's not a character but it is to oh me. it's it's, yeah. it's it's getting its, its own personality for sure it's the sixth part and, and that's that's coming from a real life aircraft mechanic like i am i am loving this ship oh. yeah cool cool so so (laughs) the ship has leveled up to a tier three with all those improvements uh as i said you have the transponder in there now that is like signaling y'all as the barazad which is how you're gonna try to get into the aslanti star space but you have some time between now and that re-entry into a normal galaxy space so what do you guys do over the next couple of weeks? So let me go. I'll go first real quick. Okay. Um, Oren is going to have over the course of the you know several weeks going to have sort of a routine that's almost like a ritual. And when he's not eating or sleeping, he every morning he'll in his quarters take apart his rifle, it all the way down down to every little bolt and pin, and disassemble it. Make sure everything's clean, and then completely reassemble it. And it's like almost zen-like, daily, every day. His mantra, yeah. Yeah. When he's not doing that, he'll be sitting at the pilot's chair, reading a book of some kind. And when he's not doing that, and when Mike and Ziva aren't in the training room, he's going to use the training room to develop this spell that he's working on. And it starts off... Like he'll just go and sit in the center of the of the training room and close his eyes, hold out his left hand, and little bits of like tendrils of energy will start to come out of his, his fingertips and manifest into this little moat of like purplish, bluish looking cosmic energy. And it starts off really shitty looking, okay? But over the course of that he eventually develops it into a kind of a solid looking form and you know by the time it's all said and done he's able to with his mind control this mode of energy and have it like shooting and darting all around the room on his command nice and um that's going to be a new spell that i'm going to yeah so very nice i want you to take an inspiration a little plus two inspiration actually it's going to be a plus three now going forward. What? That is legit. Yep. Oh, wow. Um, a couple of things I want to, as we start to get into this leveling up process. So mechanically, 
Zach just described Oren's level up. He got a new spell, and he also is focusing on his weapon to make it hit better. He's trying to figure out a way to make this thing hit better. And so you took a feat, right? Weapon focus? Correct. Or is it focus? Focus or specialization. I think it's focus. Cause yeah, spe- it's yeah. focus. Long arm focus. Yeah. So what he's trying to do is not miss so much. So that that <laughs> right. you know, so he's taking apart his gun and all that, and then he's learning the spell, which is Wisp Ally. Very great, good description, inspiration. I'm going to say a couple things about how this game is going to progress going forward. Now that we're at level three, number one, we are introducing the critical cards. Oh, oh okay. god, damn! Both yep, need I'm gonna to, die. Both we're need to be dead. confirmed. We'll see ya. Okay. To draw so a does, card... Um, how does confirmation work? Right. So if you get a crit, you roll again to confirm. Any hit confirms. It doesn't have to be another crit. Just another roll that hits is a crit. Uh, confirms the crit and you get the card. If you fail to confirm the crit, then it's just a normal crit. Okay? The card gives you the extra options. Critical fail, you have to confirm... The crit fail, which means you have to miss again, but you're at a minus five on that roll. Oof. But that also applies to every um, enemy that is named or significant. It doesn't necessarily have to be named, but significant, like a boss or a named enemy. Okay? Gotcha. Okay. Oh, all right, and these are coming from Paizo, so these are official, but they're not balanced. They are crit cards. They're to yeah. add some extra pizzazz to the proceedings. They're dangerous, but they're fun. We'll see how they go. Paizo pizzazz. Okay, second, second, thing changing, on this. second thing that's changing is I've decided to shift from doling out XP to going to milestone leveling. That's awesome. I think milestone leveling is better for the progress of our podcast and keeps you guys guessing. And I can dole out XP as I see fit to get you to where I need to be, where you guys need to be for the campaign. Uh, those are the changes that I'm going to make. As, and also that right now for the next, for this book, your inspirations will be a plus three instead of a plus two. Awesome. Sweet. Okay. So I tried to balance everything out, you know. Crit Mm -hmm. fails are brutal, no doubt about it. It's you're more likely to to confirm a crit fail. I realize that I'm putting that in there. All you internet people that are gonna about to yell at me for that, deal with it. This is what we're dealing with, this is what we're doing. (laughs) Um technically you don't have to confirm the fumble, but I'm I want to at least there be an option to negate that if it's really bad. So that's where we're at. Let's go to Mike. The the first night, I mean, he's, you know, in a bad way. Um, like, mentally, he's not trying to, like, really deal with anybody. So he goes to bed pretty quickly. Like, he gets on the ship, sees, you know, checks out the guns, makes sure they're operational, and then just goes and claims a bunk, you know, or claims a, a, a quarters, and just go, goes to bed. Like, obviously feeling kind of down <clears throat> but at 4 30 in the morning 
<laughs> once everyone else has gone to sleep, he uh, walks into Ziva's room and starts throwing rocks at her to wake her up. <laughs> All right. So as somebody who's actually been to basic training, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what he does. He All walks right. in and just starts trying to pelt her right in the forehead with rocks. Ziva, why don't you roll a dexterity save? So that'd be a reflex. Yeah. <laughs> Natural 20. Oh, I catch oh, the fucking rock. She catches oh, the rock, dude. Nice, nice. No, that's awesome. <laughs> like, he throws the first rock he gets to throw at you. You just, like, whoop, uh, wake up and, like, catch it out of nowhere. And he smirks a little bit. He smiles. Like, that That definitely pleases him as your trainer. That means we're not starting from zero, you know? Um, and he says, all right. Starting from Ziva. Get up. Getting your, getting your training thugs. And bring your soul with you. You got 47 seconds. And uh, <laughs> he like, you know, tells you come on. And he goes to the to the gym. It's clean 48 out of 55 seconds. Yes. Yeah. You were yes. one second late. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. She gets there in 30 seconds. Does she? She doesn't mm-hmm. get she primped and dressed. proper. And dr- oh, she was nope. dressed. She went to she sleep dressed. dressed. What, what is she dressed the- in? She rolled a nat 20 on that reflex. She's ready. Yeah. She did a fucking cartwheel out of bed into her shoes. Like, okay, that's <laughs> like... <laughs> no, um, she's just kind of wearing a... Uh, just sort of like a very plain kind of bodysuit, like a training... I'm thinking in my mind I see Hunger Games uh, attire yeah. type thing. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that. So, um, but yeah, she's basically in a onesie ready for training nice so i need you guys to describe to me your training well, facility was yeah like so i mean uh, mike talked to fell a little bit um before the upgrades were done and got him to relay kind of what he wanted so it's it's interesting because it's it's a, a decent sized you know training facility but it's split in half like down the middle and the left half is it, it reminds you of like a boxing gym like it's got you know punching bags and it's got those like taekwondo wooden dummies you know that you do like your punching mm-hmm. exercises on and, and you know all kinds of uh weightlifting equipment and and stuff like that you know it's very much like strength strength thing chaining oh my god strength, strength, strength training training side. Stretching. got it yeah. nailed uh, it yeah it's strength training i mean it's got uh, you know there's jump ropes hanging on a rack there's boxing gloves hanging on a rack. There's a ver- a small, it's probably, you know, like two-thirds the size of a normal boxing ring, but there's a boxing ring in there, you know? Uh, but the right side is, it, it's kind of weird. Like, when you walk in there, you look, and it just looks like a bunch of, like, barrels and, and, and you know, discarded boxes and stuff. But Mike has set up a, uh, a like, an obstacle course. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so he comes in first day and he uh, beckons you to the left side of the room where the boxing gym is. Before he even takes you to a piece of equipment, he says, "You got your sword with you?" Of course. And she kind of like pulls it off of her. I imagine a back sheath because that's badass. Yeah, and uh, yeah, th- that's the most badass. Yeah, I mean, definitely. <laughs> even though it's so impractical badass. to have a back sheath, like <laughs> just it's so impractical. <laughs> yeah, just BT dubs. Yeah, and Mike. Uh, That's why she's in training, man. That's to say, and he tells her that. 
Yeah, that's that's very practical, right? <laughs> uh, but Mike walks up to her, squares up like face to face with her, and and Mike is in like uh, gym shorts and some some like sneakers, you know, like no shirt, like nothing. And and this is the first time you've ever probably seen him without uh, armor on, other than Weldy's party, you know. But he's ripped the fuck up. All his, he's got a bunch of fucking tattoos and shit. Um, and he's got a very determined look in his eye, and he says, swing that fucking sword at me. And she does. Oh, yeah, let's get a roll. Like, hardcore. Let's get a roll. You're gonna okay. be, you're gonna be, uh, without your armor bonus here. I know. Heath. Okay. Which is, I'm not exactly sure what it is. 18. That's gonna hit you. She's gonna hit. 18. 10 damage. Hit. I mean, you, you, like catch him and actually like hurt him like cut him with the sword um and he's like bleeding maybe, huh yeah like maybe like he catches the sword with his hand you know but like she pulls it out and like just like like rips his hand open you know like he thought he had it but she she pushed through just a little further in than he I've expected I've been doing extra wall push ups I'm a bit stronger <laughs> like, like see I'm fine with her hitting him like he, he gets hurt, but he's then immediately going to fucking, like, do a, a Judy Chop kind of thing and, and snatch the sword out of her hand. All right, so you don't pull it away from her, but you do, like, you do catch it, you know? So, like, you're kind of holding it and looking at her in the eye. What do you say to her? Like, you stop it from, like, going further than it could have, you know? Like, you still kind of have the upper hand on this, but you don't disarm her. Yeah. And, and holding the sword, like, in my bleeding hand, <laughs> you know? That's um, metal. Yeah, it's pretty metal. Uh, but I, like, look you right in the fucking eye and say, that's a decent start, but you don't deserve this sword yet. And he's going to request that you give him the sword until your training is done. I assume that we will be doing something other than sword play then? We'll be doing a whole lot more. And she relinquishes the blade. All right. right. So at this point, it becomes kind of like a uh, montage of training, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So. I mean, right off the bat, he knows he's got to, like, get her strength up a little bit, you know, like get her to where. I mean, she did good with the first sword uh, swing for sure, but he's Mm going to have her. Uh, doing push-ups and and uh, jumping rope and running cardio and all this for the first like you know probably 10 days of the trip she's just she's gonna hate it she's just like getting sweaty and like lifting heavy stuff and jumping rope and uh you know all that like basic workout stuff until he deems that she's ready to move up and then when he does, <clears throat> he says, uh, you know, it's probably like 10 or 11 days in. He's like, all right, today we're going to do something different, right? He says, go over here to the right side of the gym. I want you to get behind that far left back crate, all right? And he, he has walked in this day with a, um, a BB gun. It's like a space BB gun <laughs> uh, tucked into the back of his gym shorts. And he says, all right. I want you to like move from barrel to barrel, box to box, and try to get up to me with getting shot as few times as you can. <laughs> and like, I'm not trying to do like, a, it's gonna take a bunch of rolls, but he wants to do like Assassin's Creed, like 
a Metal Gear Solid like sneak between boxes without getting shot, and he's just going to be yeah, straight up training peppering her yeah. with a BB gun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is good. This is good. At least it's not painful. He's ruined my yeah. Outfit. I mean, I mean, I think he probably catches her a few times. Yeah. Uh, so I would say that over over the course of this trip, this train, that Ziva by the end of it starts to feel much more confident wielding a two-handed weapon like confident being a melee combatant well you know she i was gonna say the last week he like gives her the sword back and we start truly like hack and slash every single day sparring with the sword yeah um and, and so mechanically that translates to you taking advanced melee as a feat right correct correct and what else do you get at third level I got um, a skill, uh, expertise talent, sorry, I was having a dyslexic moment there. Um, and I took that talent to be um, skilled linguist. Or otherwise so, known as... A cunning linguist? Cunning, cunning linguist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie, like 80% of taking that was just so For that joke. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's um, like seeing it, it's like <laughs> they weren't allowed to make that joke <laughs> in the, in the yeah. game. But yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So very good. Both of you guys can take some inspirations for that. Quickly, Mike, tell me about what you get as a soldier at level three. Uh, so I think throughout the month, uh, when he finishes his sessions with Ziva, um, Mike continues to like train in the gym, but he puts a real emphasis on like cardio and like controlling his breathing and stuff like that. And he takes the toughness feat. And the toughness feat um, gives me a stamina point for every character level I have, even the ones I've already leveled up, Uh, and a plus four bonus to constitution checks to do all kinds of stuff, like to continue running, to avoid damage from a forced march, to hold your breath, to avoid damage from starvation or thirst, Um, and you get a plus four to fortitude saves from hot and cold environments uh, to withstand harmful effects of thick and thin atmospheres, choking, all that stuff. So you're a big tough old lizard. Yeah, yeah. I'm even more tough. <laughs> yeah, he's even bigger old lizard. Oh, as if, as if you needed to be tougher. Yeah. yeah, always. He's talking to always, always. Oh, and be the, la- the last effect I get a bonus to is sleep deprivation. So I don't. I I'd, think that we've established that I'm gunning for Mike. So any amount of toughness is is, is the way to go. Yeah. Important. Yeah. So, yeah, so sure. right. as a seg- very quickly, as a segue from the toughness thing, after that first day of training with Ziva, when he catches the sword with his hands and cuts him up, he like acts stoic and tough the whole time and still goes through the training session. And when she leaves, he like very quietly goes to Zeno's room and is like, hey, mate, you got to come to the med bay, right, and fix me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the same the same vein like every day pretty much for the first like you know like 10 days or whatever where you know she's really grunting it out you know it's she's not complaining she's trying really hard to be like just do the work you ask for this get where you need to be and so she's being cool but when she goes back to her room and like she pulls off like her shoes and her hands are all like bloody and stuff from uh are, are swollen and stuff and she just like <laughs> she cries a little <laughs> like not like she's actually hurt but like her her digits are messed up and that's just not aesthetically pleasing oh it's, <laughs> she's she is 
her vanity is what's hurt. A little yeah. bit, yeah. 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 All right. So, segueing to Zeno, then. Talk to me about what you're doing on this trip. Zeno is, I suppose he's he's wandering, really. You know, I mean, uh, always uh, as an android, he, he can't not be busy. You know, he's got to find tasks, whether it's be on the inside himself or or on the outside. Um, we're gonna start off that at some point. Uh, I mean, as he's kind of taking the his own tour of the ship, you know, uh, past bulkheads and past uh, different other rooms and whatnot, he's going to stop by Fell's spot, his his space, where you know he does uh, the ma- majority of his work, where basically where his tools are, and uh, whenever Fell's not there, he just happens to notice just the, the mess that just happens to be around and. Uh, <laughs> You know, and for him, that is just like, no, no, this is not going to happen, you know. So he's going to spend a couple of minutes rearranging Fell's tool drawer. Oh, God. Mm. Yes. By, like, physical size, by gauge, you know, by purpose, you know. And then he's just, he's going to just quietly leave, you know, task done. You know, he label everything. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He labeled everything too. You know, just l- labeled and shadow boxing. Walking around with a brother exactly. label maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking around with a label maker. No, he's like he's like got a label maker built into his skull. He's just yeah. like, like just spits like, right spits out. out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it just deposits out wrench. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exocortex. Yeah. He just puts it on, Put a label on his exocortex. You know. <laughs> like like labeling each one of the individual Allen wrenches, even to the small yes. ones, where it's like the yes. label won't fit on them, but he's like, I'm putting it on there, goddammit. Let's go. So so real world talk. Uh-huh. We do that shit at work. Oh, Label seriously. everything. Every everything. single, every single thing, every piece of equipment, no matter how small, is etched with yeah. an, an individual barcode like identifier. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, property, man. Oh, yeah. That shit's important. We're drawing from real life experiences here yes. to create, to oh, create yeah. this masterful narrative. <laughs> so, exactly. so, you know, talk to me about your level up, not so much your OCD tendencies. Okay, yes. Okay. That was great, though. I'm going to give you the inspiration for that, not it. your oh, level okay. up talk. Sorry, sorry. I love it there so was much. No, 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 no. Don't be. I'm giving okay. you the inspiration for that. Okay. But I want to hear about your level up. Okay, so pretty much my level up consists of three things. Uh, uh, the first two are class features. Um, I do get a spell focus, which bumps my spell DC by one. Uh, also tech lore, which uh, also bumps my computer and engineering skills by uh, plus one. And I also get a, another level one spell, which I am going to keep close to the chest. Oh, Sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like a skexy. A skexy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's absolutely well, what I'm going for right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Like, uh, uh, you have anything else? Yes. Do you want to yes, do on this I trip? Do. Yes, I All do. Right. He's like I said, he's wandering. You know. Okay. So the next thing that he plans on doing is, is that uh, he's going to go over to uh, the bridge so to speak, the cockpit, you know. And uh, he's just kind of like looking, uh, almost 
Kind of like trying to find a way to speak to this mysterious and yet grumpy man. You know. <laughs> yeah, if, if if Oren's in the cockpit, he's reading a book. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And so, you yeah, know, almost feet, like, like you propped could, up on the yeah, dash. on the console, yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And you could imagine, like, uh, Zeno is kind of like... He's kind of like, tra- like you know, tracing his fingers along the consoles and everything, and just kind of like looking over here, you know, wandering over here, you know, and it's just like thinking of a way that he's gonna. So, I mean, out of the corner of your eye, you see Orin like lower his book and look over, and he, yeah, oh, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> uh, it's, oh, oh, I didn't see you there. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in fact it was, it's funny that you mentioned that I was I was just looking for you uh, so have you been able to uh, look over at the the coordinates sent uh, they seem to be uh, a, the most optimum trajectory it seems to take us through ionic storms and other magnetic events and you know he's just kind of like blathering ad nauseum about fucking <laughs> mm-hmm. you know uh, physical sciences and whatnot you know weather patterns and things exactly space. space weather you know heliophysics yeah. and whatnot you know but he's just trying to small talk to the best of the, to his ability <laughs> you know because he's just so he's He's interested in Oren and and the fact that there's he's you're the only one that he can't get a read on, you know. Right. So uh, yeah, as you as you you know going over Oren's finally, but all right, uh, you got a point with all this or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was looking to get to know the crew better, and I have to be honest, I do not know much about you. I do know that your skills in piloting are unrivaled, it seems. You did a very good job against the Barazad. And so far, you seem to be managing yourself. You seem very capable, both on the field as well as in the ship. And well, I just wanted to say thank you and that I'm glad you're uh, with us. I'm glad to be a part of this group. Well, Zeno, I... Uh... I don't know what to say, man, but I, uh, I guess I appreciate it. Did you want something, or did you just kind of butter me up? <laughs> and at that point, he's just, he's just going to be like, well, not really. I suppose I can go and tend to my other duties. Are you enjoying your book? Fascinating. Good, good. Uh, then I, I, I shan't keep you... I was you. really into it before you showed up. <laughs> but then I shan't keep you further. So enjoy your book, and I will see you later. And he walks out. So as right right before Zeno gets like out of earshot, Oren t- turns and says, Thanks. <laughs> and, and he just kind of turns his head without turning around. He says, Anytime. Walks and, out. Yeah, and then just walks out. And then right. one more thing. Well, we'll come back to that. Okay. Okay. Phil. All right. So let's roll back a little bit to the first day. Phil, after giving his uh, presentation on the new things that he has there, um, pulls Mike aside and it's like, hey, 
buddy, uh, this new armor I got's like, I mean, it's 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 fucking incredible. But I mean, it's so green. I don't like green. It's Lantia green. So, uh, and on top of that, it it I mean, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't fit right. You, you think you ought to? You, you might could uh, you know help me out with that? Like, you know, I know you made your own armor. You made that that gauntlet you got. Like, you think you could uh, help me make some modifications to this thing? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Ass- I'm assuming this is like the first day after we boarded the ship. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This this is after we blasted okay, off. So, and, so and I'm already like almost immediately woken after. Ziva up at four in the morning and trained her, yeah. and now I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he like kind of puts his hands in his pockets so you don't see that they're fucking bleeding and wrapped up. <laughs> you know, he's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, mate. I mean, we can we can look at it, see what we can do, right? Um, and, and right, yeah, so. like if you, you want to go fuck with the lab or whatever the workshop, we don't have a workshop, uh, where, where, are we I mean, it's this? just empty, empty cargo space that, uh, where my toolbox is actually, you know what, let's place this immediately after Zeno has rearranged my toolbox. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, yeah. don't worry. I got all the tools right here. Yes. Wait a minute. <laughs> what, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, so he walks in and like. Unlocks his toolbox because, of course, it's locked. Oh, uh, you keep uh, you keep a his toolbox. nice tidy toolbox there, mate. The fuck? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is this shit? Like you do. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where anything is anymore. Like, what the fuck is this? He even made a chart. Look, he's got a chart for where everything <laughs> is. <laughs> oh shit! Oh thank God. This had to be Zeno, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, right? That <laughs> son of a bitch. Oh, my God. You know what? The chart's labeled. Yeah, like... A, you know what? Like, I, 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 it's like a, cho- it's like a chocolate chart. box. It's like a box of chocolates. Like, you open it, and it has a little diagram of where everything <laughs> is supposed to be in which slot. You know, this how is the Roman it, Nougat. And, like, if in yeah. the procedure, if, like, if you choke on it, how to, you know, perform the Heimlich <laughs> maneuver. How to perform the Heimlich, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you, I, I don't even... I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know where a fucking thing is. Like, oh, my God. All right. You know what? He like added in a bunch of safety gear. There's like <laughs> there's like goggles and gloves. There's actually goggles, like, gloves, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh hearing God. protection. Yeah, and they're all polished. Oh, uh, so- and I absolutely think it's canon that like the whole time Zeno is doing that, he's just like smiling, like I'm doing something so helpful. This yeah, is yeah. going to be great. Exactly, exactly. He's gonna and love this. As as he will fellas, appreciate this very much. As, <laughs> as fellas looking through this stuff, you just you just. Zeno hears from like the other side of the ship. Zeno, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, after about five seconds, he just kind of strolls in there. Uh, yes, fell. What did you do to my tools? Oh. I had everything. I knew where everything was. Now it's all arranged and organized. Like, how am I fucking supposed to work with this? It's much more efficient. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm. I'm not about efficiency. I'm about doing a damn good job. Yes, but you should know where everything is now because I organized it. You just simply have to remember where everything is again. That should be simple, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this goes yeah, on back yeah, and yeah, forth, yeah, right? For sure. um, and so, eventually so we work quick, on the armor. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so the armor gets modified so it's not so obviously Islanti. Um, what color? I've got one more thing for Phil. What color, though? 
Colors colors gonna be blue and orange. And then real, stylish as real quick, what's the main thing you get at level three? What'd you get? Main thing at level three, I got weapon specialization and I got overload. Overload, nice. Overload's uh pretty sweet. Weapon specialization it uh, gives me a weapon type. Uh gives me specialization and a weapon type that my class did not start with. So I took long arms. Nice. In that. Nice. So I get extra damage with my rifles. Cool. Um, overload. Uh, let's see. It causes a short and electronic device, including most ranged energy weapons, melee weapons with a powered special property, or single armor upgrades. Uh, it makes that device non-functional for one round. So I can literally Jeez, disable now, a rifle. Yeah. Like I can short out, like overload the energy going to that. that Just thing. like you did at Weldy's party when you overloaded everybody's brains, man. Oh, <laughs> overloaded the, everybody's brains with the hob guys. Um, oh, cool, cool, cool. All right. And I've, I have one more thing I want to do with Phil. Uh, all right. So for the rest of the trip, you know, there's there's casual conversation here and there and spending time with the crew, getting to know them a little bit better. But he spends a lot of time in his bunk, kind of laid back uh, and eyes closed and tapping or like typing on his thighs. Uh, in this process, he is working on an AI for his exocortex. Oh, cool. Ooh. There you go. So, an AI. so there'll, be, there'll be an actual like uh, voice in, in your head. Maybe mechanically it will it, it should come into play later mechanically, but yes. he's you know, it's kind of a rudimentary AI that he's building uh, to to kind of assist him. Kind of a, a Jarvis to his Iron Man exit. Very, yeah. so, very artificial cool. yeah, artificial personality is dope. Yeah. yeah that's nice. great. Um but just before the end of the trip, towards the end of it, I think uh Mike goes to Aaron one day while he's reading his book or whatever and says, he like, like walks up and he like thinks about it. Like, how do I interrupt him? And then he just kicks his chair. <laughs> so, hey, Mike. Uh, yeah. What is it, Mike? Uh, yeah. So, like, I thought about something. It's a bit morbid, but like, what if you died? Who's going to fly the ship? And I'll have you know, I'm something of a pilot myself. And uh, he, he asked, like, would you would you mind, like, look, just in case, God forbid, anything happened and I needed to fly this ship, you mind showing me the ropes a little bit? Oren looks real long at the controls. You know what I mean? Like, ugh. And then finally, acquiesces and says, uh, yeah, sit down, Mike, and we'll, we'll show you some yeah. things. And I think throughout the course of that, you probably come to realize he actually is a pretty decent pilot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and Orin will show you all the ins and outs of how to fly the Sweet. treasure. Right. So you guys have this this journey, right? And you, all these things go on. You guys get better at your skills. You get closer together. And I, I, th I feel like as we get toward the end of the journey, you get I, I, I see this scene where all of you are kind of sitting together in the galley having a meal. You know that you're getting close to your destination as as well as you can know in the drift, you know? That's getting close. And you guys are having this meal together. Uh, it's eggs and pickles given to you from the Fuck rations. No. Disgusting. Oh but uh, no Weldy has, has snuck in some pepperoni 
and some bread and some mayonnaise and some chocolate chip cookies. Were they that fucking hard up? So heady. Such a heady snack, dude. (laughs) I imagine Fel is just excited about getting like some real He can't eat any of it. No, no, no. no, no, Because it's 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 been a week. It's been a week. Yes, so you're cured. Fel Fel is all about about some pepperoni sandwiches. (laughs) I mean, chocolate chip cookies to walk it down. Yeah, so you guys are sitting around this table and... Mike and Zeno, I, I I think it's time to talk about how you met. As you're getting there, you guys are all thinking about Sedona, realizing that you're about to be in Islanti star space. It's got to be on your minds, right? Yeah. And absolutely. you've got the you've got the whole crew there, kind of munching down. What do y'all do? What do y'all say? <laughs> Oh, it's very organic, Adam. Very organic. We just bust out. Hey, you wouldn't know how we met. Well, I feel <laughs> I like you, how you met. I mean, I feel like you guys have been sitting around eating, kind of shooting the shit, you know, at this point. Like, this is kind of purposefully a crew meal. You guys have all kind of been doing your things on and now off throughout the trip, you know. Let's, let's play it off to where Fell like kind of recalls that you know the two of them and the ship and they kind of had a bit of a run-in before and fell straight up asked him like so how'd you guys meet well uh interesting you should ask right uh i got hired by sedona who seems like she got contracted by the android abolitionist front or one of their representatives named erio um but they, they got a signal that, uh, you know, we uh, there was a slaver ship nearby-ish that uh, the android abolitionist front wanted us to liberate, as it were. So, Sedona hired me for muscle. Uh, I went, <clears throat> and uh, I went with Erio, it was just me and Erio, and we boarded this slaver ship full of goblins. So that was fun. Uh, but it was it was led by this drow piece of shit. Um, but you know I'm getting ahead of myself. Once I got on the ship, I ran into Zeno, and you remember that? I was a slave. Yeah, yeah you were a slave. <laughs> <laughs> just interject real quick. Just, I was playing the slave. Such a know. Zeno statement. <laughs> He's not wrong though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when I got on the ship. Uh, you know, we, we breached it, and, and the first, like, cargo hold we got in, uh, I see Zeno, and he's tied up to this crazy mechanism-looking thing that's got, like, hoses and electrical wires all coming out of his head and all kind of stuff like that. Uh, I assumed uh, they was probably, like, dampening his magical powers with it. Um, it's, a good, it's a good thing you didn't pull the wrong hose. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, well, I, you know, I saw, I seen him, and as soon as I, I walked up, I was like, hey, mate, uh, I'm not the guy to do this, so if you can walk me through it, I can detach you. If not, who knows? And uh, he did. He walked me through it. He's very smart. You there? You, you awake, yeah. buddy? Yeah, yeah. Thank Anytime you, you want to jump in, it's fine. <laughs> well, 
After after he uh, liberated me, then at that point the, we fled through some rooms and cleared the whole spaceship out. We destroyed all the goblins and well, well, fell, uh, if you, went across. If you recall, one of the goblins destroyed itself because his gun exploded, right? That's right. That's right. It, it overloaded. <laughs> it was an unstable Fucking azimuth goblins. pistol. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty <laughs> hilarious, uh, to be honest. But I swear, goblins are such fucking trash. But like this guy Irio, this with the Android Abolitionist Front, who basically hired, started up the whole job. Uh, you know, we followed him to the the kind of captain's quarters where the Drow fucker was holed up, and you would not believe that as soon as we opened the door, the Drow, quick on his toes as he was, uh, he throws a grenade, and Irio. No, no hesitation whatsoever. He shuts the door. The grenade bounces off the door and back into the room. Blows up in the room. Area's very capable. I've noticed that. I've never respected so much so quickly. Uh, but yeah, it was wild. I mean, and then we had the fight with the drow. Um, it was a shootout, as you do, you know. He, uh, he kept hiding behind his giant fuck desk. Uh, and I... I couldn't get I couldn't get to him. I was coming round the desk to give him one of these and he you know, holds up his, his fist. Uh and and right before I could come round, Irio puts one right between his eyes. Takes him down. So, you know, obviously we we got Zeno and the the remaining androids who were to be sold as slaves to the Islanti, we got them all off the ship and took them back and met up with. S- Not S- before S- having Aereo uh, wire the ship to self destruct. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We blew it up. But like, who wouldn't blow up a slave ship, right? That's, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we exploded the ship, and then we we come back. We we met back up with Sedona. And not too long after that, I started the APA uh, with, you know, with, with Zeno here. No shit. It seems like um, desks are some some amazing force. I'll tell I'll tell you right now, like if I've got a nemesis, no, don't get him started. If I've got a nemesis, <laughs> until recently, I would have said it's desks. Now. Now it's the Islanti, <laughs> but for the longest time it was desks. And Ziva just kind of starts chuckling. She's like, I can see your next fight now. Desk versus Vesk. Come one, come on, take a look. Yes. It'll probably be a 12 rounder, but I'll tell you right now, I'll win. Eventually. <laughs> not a bad line. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. So you guys are having this meal. And and it's like the last night. So this is this is this is it before you arrive in Zlanti space. So last call. So that evening Oren is going to approach Ziva's quarters and start to knock on her door. But it's gonna wait for a response. <laughs> yeah. So as he um, goes to knock, he kind of hears something a little odd from the inside, and 
it kind of takes a moment and it's it's like a light singing um and he kind of just listens for a second i imagine sure yeah a little little confused and then then finally knocks captain are you in there yes caminore uh yeah so Orin walks in and says we're were you singing just now? And uh, when you when you walk in, she's, you see that she's kind of sitting on like a small little chair, I guess, in her quarters. Uh, and she's brushing her hair. And she says, ah, yes, it was um, it's a song that uh, my mother taught me very long ago. I, uh, it's, uh, it reminds me of good times. And she kind <laughs> of looks up at you kind of like to sort of really say you know hello and she gets a look and she says autumn will you do me a favor i don't like the sound of that but uh no. sure thing captain what do you wonderful, need wonderful wonderful and she stands up and she says please have a seat uh sh- sure and he just awkwardly like you know goes and sits down wondering what's what's going on and um as pretty much as soon as he sits down she kind of like grabs his hair and starts brushing it. Oh. <laughs> she says, "Now be still. This is um, this is something that uh, this is a bit of a Lushunta, um type of tradition, and I I use it with my employees back at the pool. It is a it is a wonderful way to experience each other, to be close to each other." Um, and I, I feel like we are very far apart. Uh, I want to learn a bit more about you, but in your own time. And as she's brushing your hair, she starts to kind of hum again. And you kind of feel the sort of like crinkle in your mind. And as she's humming, you start to kind of see... I'm giving limited telepathy a little bit of extra flair here. Okay. But you start to see like a kind of a vision of a young Lashunta and um, a female, a woman Lashunta. And she, the woman is brushing the girl's hair and the, the woman is singing. And you kind of like, the figures coalesce and you sort of realize, oh, that's uh that's Ziva and I assume right, her mom. Right, right. Sure, sure. So and that's just kind of what you experience. She's trying to really give you a peek into her and how she's trying to open up and um be mindful of you and, and share. Mm. So that's that's what you okay. experience. So after after the the thorough brushing and the memory um, is over. Orin will stand up and uh, and look at Ziva and be like, <clears throat> "I don't have too many good memories to share, but I suppose that uh, there's one that you might want to know. Uh, do you mind?" And he'll reach out his hand to sort of cast mind link on Ziva, just like the touch your shoulder and and cast mind link and you know as you close your eyes 
you open them back up and you're sitting in the pilot's chair of a ship looking out into open space. You look down at your hands on the helm and see that they belong to a human male. Yeah, it's me, you hear Oren's voice in the back of your head. You look over your body and see that you're dressed in a uniform that resembles like an arm and armored guard, security guard, or, or even a soldier. The chest is emblazoned with the ubiquitous symbol of Abadar Corp, a key enclosed by a triangular border. Um, as you look around the ship, you notice that almost everything has been branded with this logo, including the laser rifle propped up against the console at your side. There are three other people moving around the ship, talking to each other about the job that you're all currently on and speculating about a mystery package that's so important that the suits need your division. You feel a bittersweet, almost familial affection towards these hard-looking men. You turn back towards the helm and release the controls, activating autopilot and lean back a little, staring out towards the distant stars. Suddenly, you feel a massive impact rock the ship, and you hear Oren tell you, There was no radar indication. We didn't have a chance. The ship's systems are failing fast as nearly every light on the console begins flashing and beeping all at once. You grab the controls and struggle to evade, gritting your teeth, but the pirate's boarding rig has already sunk its claws into your ship's hull. Before you can even let go of the helm, they scurry like rats through the tunnel line and are on board. You hear several laser blasts report in quick succession. You grab your company-issued laser rifle, swing around the side of your chair and take aim. You see one of your crew slumped against the wall. The other two are face down on the deck, motionless, with a small boarding party of heavily armed and highly teched pirates standing over their bodies. You yell out a gravelly battle cry and squeeze the trigger. But nothing happens. You instantly, sinkingly realize that they've overloaded your rifle. You keep yelling as the pirates burst into laughter, then swarm you, grabbing you by your arms and throwing you over to the airlock. Your screams and their laughter all dissolve into fuzzy white noise as they shove you out into space. Out of the corner of your eye, you see one of the pirates fire a shot. It only grazes your helmet, but it's enough to crack it, and as the glass begins to fracture and the spiderweb pattern traces across your vision, you take a deep breath and everything goes black, and Oren lets go of Ziva's shoulder. Ziva would just sit down on the chair and just kind of just start crying. Yeah, as that pulses through your brain, you know, you kind of hear this distant kind of terror of Oron as it shifts into the present, right? (sighs) Zeno, you're picking up a hailing frequency as you guys slide out of the drift into Aslanti star space. Roll a computer's check. All right. I rolled a 31. Nat 20. Oh, Jesus. a crit, too. Okay. So this, I beat the Aslanti. No, you, you recognize that it is an Aslanti ship, guard ship, at the perimeter as it's 
sending a single focus beam, tight beam at your ship to identify you, to make sure that you're supposed to be here in Islanti star space. And we'll see you. Oh, oh, okay. oh, oh, there it goes. Oh my god. There it goes. Well, I'll sort it off. We, we just we just <sighs> turn the ship around and say, we'll see you. Open hail and Wait, this is the wrong second. Oh man, I took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. It's an old, it's an old signature, sir, but it checks out. <laughs> <laughs>